Our scripture reading today comes from Joshua, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, and chapter 6, verse 22 through 25. Joshua, Nun's son, secretly sent two men as spies from Shittim. He said, Go, look over the land, especially Jericho. They set out and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. They bedded down there. Someone told the king of Jericho, Men from the Israelites have come here tonight to spy on the land. So the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, Send out the men who came to you, the ones who came to your house, because they have come to spy on the entire land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. Then she said, Of course the men came to me, but I didn't know where they were from. The men left when it was time to close the gate at dark, but I don't know where the men went. Hurry, chase after them, you might catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the flax stalks that she laid out on the roof. The men from Jericho chased after them in the direction of the Jordan up to the forts. As soon as those chasing them went out, the, gates, the gate was shut behind them. Before the spies bedded down, Rahab went up to them on the roof. She said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Terror over you has overwhelmed us. The entire population of the land has melted down in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Reed Sea in front of you when you left Egypt. We have also heard what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites on the other side of the Jordan. You utterly wiped them out. We heard this and our hearts turned to water because of you people can no longer work up their courage. This is because the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now I have been loyal to you. So pledge to me by the Lord that you in turn will deal loyally with my family. Give me a sign of good faith. Spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, and sisters, along with everything they own. Rescue us from death. The men said to her, We swear by our own lives to secure yours. If you don't reveal our mission, we will deal loyally and faithfully with you when the Lord gives us the land. Joshua spoke to the two men who had scouted out the land. Go to the prostitute's house. Bring out the woman from there, along with everyone related to her, exactly as you pledged to her. So the young men who had been spies went and brought Rahab out, along with her father, her mother, her brothers, and everyone related to her. They brought her whole clan out and let them stay outside Israel's camp. They burned the city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold, along with the bronze and iron equipment, into the treasury of the Lord's house. Joshua let Rahab, the prostitute, live, her family, and everyone related to her. So her family still lives among Israel today because she hid the spies whom Joshua had sent to scout out Jericho. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we get started, I wanted to jump back to Matthew. A record of the ancestors of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Aram. Aram was the father of Amminadab. Amminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Rahab is the second 
woman to appear in the New Testament. And she is probably about as unlikely a choice for a genealogy as you can expect someone to want to point out specifically and highlight. Because it's not often that you would go back through a genealogy and go, and one of my ancestors is Rahab the prostitute. And so the question arises, why is Rahab there? That last week we went into Tamar and figuring out why Tamar was listed. And Rahab gives us a very interesting story because she's part of a much bigger narrative. And she often gets glossed over with how important she is and just how strong she is. Because it gets wrapped up in this entire story of the Israelites coming into the land and conquering Jericho. And we remember all of the conquest and all of the wonderful things that happen around it. But we often forget this one act that actually allows the Israelites to know what they're coming up against. And it's all due to Rahab and her faith and her strength. Rahab's an outsider. She's an outsider to the Israelites because she's not one of them. She was not born among them. She was not part of one of the tribes of Israel. And yet, Rahab's an outsider to the community she lives in because she's a prostitute. She's ostracized and pushed to the outer edges of the city. If she were any further, she would be outside the walls. Instead, she's right up against them. I can only imagine that, really, she didn't have a place that she could actually call home. She had a place where she lived with her family, but not a place where she belonged. And yet, here is a woman who was willing to do whatever it took to save her family, willing to acknowledge God in a way that no one else in the narrative does. And she's one of the only defiant people that we see in this story. Because a lot of these other main characters we get are all following orders. Joshua is told, take the land, it's yours. So Joshua does it. The spies are told, go scout out the land so that we can take it. So they do. Rahab is told, turn the men out so that we can find them and that we can take care of them. And Rahab says no. She says no because she understands what's going on. And Rahab does something that no one else does in this story and she recounts the mighty acts of the Lord. That God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt and swept away Pharaoh's armies, that God handed over the Amorites into the Israelites' hands because God is mighty and God is conquering and God is on the move. And that God is the God of the heavens above and the earth below and He is the Lord of all. This is the type of speech we would normally expect 
from the Israelites, that we would expect from the priests, that we would expect from Joshua, that we would expect from the leaders going, yes, this is the God we serve. Not from an outsider. A foreigner living in a foreign land who would have other gods, who would be surrounded by other faiths. And yet here she is. Here she is defying her king and saying, no, I've seen what God's up to. I have seen the fear that he has put in the people that the people melt before him because they know that the end is near. Things are about to get bad. But I also know God saved all of you. And if God could save all of you from Egypt, then God can save me. And God can save my family. And so there's Rahab the prostitute hiding these men at her house about to make a deal with them based on faith alone. Because the only thing that she can go on is that if these are men who serve the Lord, that they must be honest and they must be trustworthy. And if she has delivered their lives, that they will deliver hers. The men could have gone back and not mentioned her at all. They could have gone back and gone, yep, everybody's scared, we can go in and conquer, we can wipe everyone out. But they know they can't. They can't because she's the one that gets them back on their way safely. She's the one that saved their lives. She's the one that helped them find out that the land was ready to be conquered. She's the one who understood better than anybody that God could deliver her. And so when they come back, they seek her out and they save her whole family. And they go and they live among the Israelites. And there they're accepted in. They don't live as outsiders for the rest of their lives, but they become part of Israel. And they become part of the fabric of that society. She goes from being an outsider on the outside of everything to being accepted. To being loved. And she becomes part of an integral story. Because she becomes the father of Boaz. And from Boaz comes the line of Jesse. And from Jesse comes the line of David. And from David, the line to Christ. So this prostitute, looked down on by everyone, everyone except God. God doesn't look down on her with scorn. God doesn't shun her. Instead, God gives her the strength to save a nation. God gives her the strength to stand up for what is right and what she needs to do and not just follow orders. 
And I can only imagine that without this story, if I just said, what all of you need to be able to serve God well is the faith of a prostitute. There would probably be a lot of worry and a lot of second-guessing about what it was I wanted from him. But it's interesting because how often do we discount people because of our human perception? How often do we discount the contributions others can make because of where we see them in society? How often do we ignore people because we think that the choices they have made have made them less holy? Have made them somebody that we shouldn't even approach? Except then there's Rahab. Rahab, who's stronger than the men hand-picked by Joshua to come scout out the land. Rahab, who speaks of God's mighty deeds and His compassion better than the people who are supposed to be coming and taking the land in the name of God. And someone whose faith saves both her and the spies and delivers the land into the hand of the Israelites. Even the Israelites didn't have that kind of faith. Too often we let outsiders remain outsiders because we don't see them the way God does. God saw Rahab as potential. That all she needed was the opportunity to be able to do everything that she possibly could for God. All she needed was a chance. Too often we're too scared to give that chance. Too often we're moved by our own human thoughts and actions to be able to see the people that God sees. People who are worthy. People that may be on the outside of our society but are on the inside with God. Because too often we're unwilling to go where God is willing to go. Because God is willing to go to everyone. God is willing to go to anyone who will call on His name. God is willing to be there for everybody that seeks Him. Whether we think they should be able to find God or not, God's going to find them. Because God shows up in the most unexpected of places. Whether it's God showing up in a stable in Bethlehem or God showing up in a prostitute's house in Jericho, God will always be where His people are. It's up to us to recognize God's people when we see them. So my prayer today is that we see each other the way God sees us. Not as people with paths that keep us from 
being the best we can, but as people full of potential, always able to be what God needs us to be, always able to be what it is we need in each other. No matter who we think we are, no matter who we think we may have been, no matter who we think others are, that God sees us as people of potential and sees us as people of value and sees us as people as holy and worthy. Even if we can't see it in ourselves and even if we can't see it in others, we have to remember that God can. And if God can see it, God can make it happen. And the question is, do we welcome God wherever He can be found or do we stand in the way thinking that we know better? I pray that each and every one of us can seek the Lord where He may be found and rejoice wherever it is God's love and God's mercy abounds. Amen.